Racing Nation with James O'Shea. You are listening to Racing Nation and Group 1 Racing returns in Victoria, the big CFO stakes this weekend. Let's see if we can help you find a few winners on the program. We do that thanks to South Queensland Virtual Assistance and we do it through the punting baron, Shane Matthews, from thepuntingbaron.com.au. He joins me now. How are you? Very good, James. How are you, mate? Excellent. Big week last week for the followers. Very good weekend. Uh, yeah, glory days. Got up the inside for... Mark Zara in the last was a lovely result and uh, wrote to Arataki uh, and another one got the cash. I can't just escape me for a minute. But, uh, yeah, wrote to Arataki was a, was a really good winner. She's uh, really found her niche since they started going forward on her. And, um, yeah, she was too strong. So, good day. Uh, it's been a bit of a battle with recent times. So, it's good to, uh, good to have a nice day. But, uh, as we know in this game, you can come back to earth pretty quickly. So, Full focus on hoping to uh, string a bit of momentum together and what a meeting to do so at Sandown Hillside on Saturday. Uh, CFO Stakes Day, as you mentioned, first group one of 2023. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic race, but it's backed up by a ripping support card. It's, it really is a fantastic meeting. And looking forward to seeing it back at Sandown. I think it all used to be at Sandown back in the 90s, uh, and then it moved to Caulfield. Uh, actually doing the four, it was... Quite weird because I had this picture in my mind of the race being at Caulfield because you're so used to doing it. Like, oh, no, it's that down hill, so it's weird. Your mind can play little tricks on you sometimes. But, yeah, cracking meeting. Uh, looking forward to it uh, on Saturday. Yep, that's if we can help the punters find a few winners on the program. We are going to look at races 2, 5, 7 and 9. One of those, of course, is the Ore. It's a super card of racing, not only that race, of course, but you've got the Autumn Stakes. Of course, you've got the Blue Diamond Prelude in there as well. You've got the Kevin Hayes Stakes, Rubiton Stakes, you name it. It's a really, the Carline Cup, it's a really, really good day of racing. So for all of the, the Barons selections, you can subscribe. Thepuntingbaron.com.au will tell you how you can do that at the end of the segment. Uh, you mentioned where we are in terms of the venue. Thoughts? How will it race? Yeah, rail in that out. regard? Uh-huh. Rail out 10 metres. You don't see a group one meeting where the rail's out 10 metres, but there's obviously a few little idiosyncrasies with the track at Sandown. There's not normally an 1,100-metre winning post, uh, which they pretty much had to <clears throat> they pretty much had to put in uh, while Caulfield's under renovations with the Oakley Plate in a couple of weeks. So uh, just quickly mentioning the Oakley Plate... Uh, one of our old favourites, that's Flora, uh, crying for a first up tilt there. Not sure if we anyone caught her jump out at our rap the other day, but well, she's ticking over very nicely, so just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, but on to, on to Saturday, we won't get too distracted. Uh, yeah, look, the way it typically plays when the rail gets out that far is they kind of move out to those middle lanes. Uh, I think they'll use a fair bit of a track. I think it'll play pretty fair. I don't. I don't think there's going to be any disadvantage to be leading up on speed, but I certainly think horses, you know, blending into the race out in the middle of the track certainly won't be too disadvantaged. So expecting it to play really fair. It's been holding up really well, Sandown Hillside, and expected to continue to do so on Saturday. All right. Well, let's have a look at your thoughts. Let's go to race number two, Highland Race Colours, the Autumn Stakes, fourteen hundred metres. It's a Group Two for the three-year-olds. Your thoughts here? A number of horses resuming. Well, most of them. Yeah, most of them. And it's a classic time of the year, isn't it, where you get these horses who race through the spring resuming and they come up against the horse who's been racing through the summer months in lesser grades who come to your fitting form, such as Calico Jack. Uh, I guess it depends which side you're in. Calico Jack's been 
Uh, since he's got up on speed in his last couple, he's been quite dominant and won easily. But gee, he hasn't been beating much, and he's equal favourite with horses such as Amenable, Pericles, the Fortune Teller, who obviously took on some of our best three-year-olds in the spring. Uh, for that reason, uh, I think he, I, I can understand why people like Calico Jack, but I'm going to side with the class. And I think the horse that we might see really go to another level this campaign is number three, the Fortune Teller. Uh, we're on him a few times uh, in the spring. I think the Sandown Guineas, we backed him in in the Carbine Club. His Carbine Club run was enormous. He got a mile back. He hit the line hard. I think had he drawn a barrier that day, he goes close to winning. He's running the Caulfield Guineas was outstanding when he raced on speed. He's shown that's the thing that I've been really impressed with him in his jump outs leading into this campaign. He showed good speed in both his jump outs. He was given a serious hit out in his last one. He's had a relatively short break, so he should have a bit of residual fitness on side. Nice draw for Johnny Allen. Uh, I think he lands on the speed. He did all of that in one preparation. That was his first campaign when last in work. Uh, and he raced yeah, he started that off pretty early in the spring. Uh, yeah, I think he won a maiden at Swan Hill for memory uh, and raced right through until the end of November. So he did an enormous job. I think he might come back a better horse this time in after the short break. Yeah, I think he sits up on speed. Probably stalks Calico Jack and from that position really hard to beat. So keen to be with him. Don't want to lose on the race in number four, Pericles wins. Like the fortune teller, did everything that he did in his first campaign and he he took some giant steps very quickly. Uh, I think you saw in the Amy Vars, he got left in front a bit too soon. He kind of wobbled about a bit, uh, just lost his way a little, and then he was good in the derby. First up here, he's been quite good at the trials. His most recent trial, he got through the line very well after a soft first one. He's another one that just might really elevate to another level. Jamie Carr rides. I think he can take a position up just off the speed. Uh, I think he's probably the main danger for the fortune teller. Really good race. Looking forward to it. Uh, keen the fortune teller and saving on Pericles. All right, that's your thoughts to the second. Let's go down to race number five here. Is that at Kevin Hayes Stakes, 1,100 metres of Group 3. This one for the three-year-old Phillies. Big field to go around here. Big field, bit of value here. A uh, few double-figure odds that I'm quite keen on, uh, betting around the favourites. Uh, favourite is written by Jamie Carr, so I'm obviously quite <laughs> nervous. Uh, in She Dances, but again, it, it, it's a bit like the previous race. You've got She Dances, who's raced through the summer months. Is that form, you know, one of one of Ogre's gold race last start, is that form strong enough to beat these fillies that race in the spring and are here first up and are quite capable over these shorter trips? Uh, I thought from the wide draw she was well enough found, She Dances, was happy to take her on with quite a few runners, actually. Uh, Wee Messi was very good last preparation. Uh, she won three out of five, uh, including going out a winner on Cox Plate Day. Her jump outs have been really sharp leading into this. Uh, ben Mallon rides from a nice middle draw here around Sandown Hillside. Wouldn't be surprised if she comes back a better horse this time in around the $13 mark. Think she can run well. Uh, number eight, Ohio, is a talented filly on her day. Uh, she was just beaten here, uh, but just beaten at Caulfield in the Quisette first up last campaign. Uh, she was a massive run that day. She then went through that campaign without a lot of luck. Uh, she's trialled up quite nicely in preparation for this. Nice middle draw for Johnny Allen. Thought she was the one that was significantly over the odds around the $20 mark. I'd be surprised if she started that come race day. I think she runs really well. Uh, and another one that's not resuming but has had recent form is number 12, Rich Fortune. We 
got a good result with her on Christmas Eve at uh, Mooney Valley. Bit of a shout out to my mate Rocky the Butcher who uh, declared her on Wednesday afternoon, I think, <laughs> when she went up $15. She was a huge win that day. It's good to have a good butcher. Uh, she was a huge win that day. She was back in behind them, split the pack, charged through the line. Her recent jump out at Mornington was super. Uh, she might be a pretty handy horse, I think. I don't think we've seen the best of her. Craig Williams uh, goes on board. Again, that middle to wide draw, I don't think too much of a concern. Uh, expect her to run very well. They're the main three. Watching the market with the WA horse, Laced Up Heels, it's trolled well in Western Australia. She's a very smart horse. Uh, just keep an eye on the market with her. Um, if she got out to the double figures, I'd probably have something on her as well. Really good race. Uh, pretty keen on uh, Wee Nessie, Ojai and Rich Fortune, all at double-figure odds, expecting them to run well. Okay, but more importantly, don't worry about what the Baron thinks. What's the Butcher think then? What did he declare it last time on the Wednesday? He, What's he yeah, said this time? Apparently, the lambs, his lamb supplier owns it, uh, and he, yeah, he's right. quite bullish about it. And, uh, I think they had a nice little Christmas Eve fill-up. They had a good party on Christmas Eve in the Butcher. I've actually been to one of them when I used to live in Essendon. Of course you, uh, have. Of course you have. Of course uh, you have. But I haven't heard from him this week. I'll shoot him a text uh, off mm. and tweet it out uh, what the great man what the great man thinks. So, um, yeah, she was very impressive that day, though, and the jump-out since has been good. I, I think she's also on the way up. All right, so there you go. So the butcher's best, the baron's best. We'll work it all out. But but we've got five Wienetti, eight Ohi, and 12 Rich Fortune. So what are you saying in terms of, like, how, what? Uh, I'd back how, them all to win the same amount. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, there you go. The I think they're all equal chances. Uh, Ohi, the one that looks particularly over the odds, so around the $20 mark. I'd probably be snapping that up early. All right, so there we go. So that's our thoughts to uh, race number five. We'll go down to the seventh on the program, and this one is the uh, the feature of the day, the first group one for the calendar year of 2023. It is Ladbroke's CFO Stakes, 1,400 metres, weight for rage at group one level. And again, we see a number of the stars of the turf that do resume in this particular race to kick off point for a lot of horses as they head towards uh, bigger riches. Well, they don't get much bigger than a Group 1, but as they head towards big campaigns into the autumn. But anyway, what's your thoughts? The ore, what happens? Outstanding race. Really looking forward to it. Uh, we've got the three-year-old Jack Renaud taking on the older horses. We've got a couple of horses like Nugget and Gentleman Roy who've got to run under their belt uh, and come here in winning form. And then we've got the resuming stars up the top in I'm Thunderstruck. Mr. Brightside and Tuvalu, it's got it all. It's a fascinating race. Again, one of those races that I think would have been very different had it been at Caulfield. I think the fact that it comes to Sandown Hillside gives I'm Thunderstruck a mighty opportunity to win first up. I think it was the Nemzi last preparation. He was charging through the line late. You could have argued that he won that at Caulfield. I just think the way this Sandown Hillside track plays with the long run-in, no disadvantage to horses blending into the race out in the middle of the track. And given how he's trolled and jumped out... I just think it's set up so well for him. Uh, I think he's going to be within striking distance. Uh, there's not going to be that factor of the core field on speed bias or on speed pattern that we sometimes see. Uh, I think he gets a really good opportunity. His form in the spring was outstanding, going toe-to-toe with Animo on a couple of t- occasions. That win over eight Alligator Blood in the Maccabi Diva. He's a genuine superstar Group 1 horse, and I think uh, he gets his chance to win this uh, this race first up by... 
I'm a little bit surprised Jackano is shorter than him. I know the favourite the stable's been talking up Jackano and they've they've made a really big uh not a big they've they've certainly promoted the fact that they, they've got him up and ready for this race. Uh I was a bit I was fifty fifty on his run first up and I just think it's a better price and given what I'm Thunderstruck's done with the score on the board, I th- I think he has a better price. He he represents a much better bet, so keen to be with him. I'm going to stick with Gentleman Roy. Uh, he's a good result on Australia Day for us. I thought he was really tough there. I thought he was there to be beaten. He, he did a fair bit of work. They loomed up to beat him, and he kicked in and won. Uh, he gets to the front. He's had the run under his belt. Mark Zara rides. Uh, I just think he's going to be really hard to get past. I, I, there's not much between him and Tuvalu. It simply is the fact, and we saw that in the spring when they met a couple of times, it is simply the fact that he's had the run under his belt. I think just Mike giving that little edge over Tuvalu, who I'm really scared of. Uh, Blinkers, first time, he's got a fabulous overall record. Uh, but just think, Gentleman Roy, with that run under the belt, uh, might be just a little bit fitter here uh, and will give them something to chase. But I think the class horse up the top is the one to beat on Thunderstruck. Happy to be with him and saving on Gentleman Roy, who could be hard to get past. Let's go to the lucky last. That is the tile importer handicap, 1,400 metres of benchmark. 84, the lucky last of everything. What sends us home a winner? Yeah, a couple of double-figure odds I'm keen to be with here. Eagles Crag first up from the spell. I think the big key with this horse is that he gets back onto a genuine, firm track. He, since he's strung a few together early in his career, he's uh, he just kept finding soft ground. His last four runs, in fact, have all been on heavy or soft tracks. Uh, and he's run well. Definitely on what we've seen so far, he's a better horse on top of the ground. He's had two very nice jump outs in the southwest of Victoria to have him tuned up for this. Dean Yendall down in the weight, nice middle draw. He's performed well fresh in the past. Uh, I think he maps to get a lovely runoff. It looks a pretty good tempo. They're going to run along here. Uh, I can just see him stalking and being really strong late. And I think at the double-figure odds, uh, he's going to be hard to hold out. Eagles Craig, keen to be with him. Uh, and also having something on our old mate East India man. I think we spoke about him on the podcast. <laughs> Boxing Day. Before I went away, great, I thought that was. Yeah, yeah right. he gave a great sight and he ran really well again last start behind Gentleman Roy. I think that form's going to hold up pretty well here. Expect him to get up on speed again. I think he probably leaves Savannah Cloud here to shot, probably come over and sit outside of him. I think what we've seen of him, he's a bloody hard horse to get past. He keeps fighting. Uh, he just probably hasn't been able to dictate and control the race uh, as he would have liked. I'm hoping he might be able to a little bit more here. And if he does, uh, yeah, he could be hard to get past the double-figure odds. Uh, yeah, not a not a massive confidence race, but I thought those two at double-figure odds, Eagles Craig in particular, I've got a feeling he might get back to something like his best here on the firm track. And at double-figure odds, he looks a good bet. Uh, and you know what you're going to get with East India Man uh, up on speed. So happy to be with him as well. Okay, so recapping race two, it's number three, the fortune teller, save on the four Pericles. Race five, we've got a three-horse play here, all at really good odds. Five, Wee Nessie, eight, Ojai, and 12, Rich Fortune. Go to the seventh, and we've got uh, I'm Thunderstruck, which is the top weight, number one on top, but certainly want to save there on the seven, Gentleman Roy. And then in the lucky last, we're in the corner of the 11, which is Eagles Crag as the on-top selection, but uh, but we can have a saver and make sure we include in everything, the multiples, the 12 which is East India Man. All right, what's the best bet of the day? Looking forward to the return of the fortune teller in race two. I think this might be a bit of a sign of better things to come from this horse. And uh, I think he can resume a first up winner. We'll make him the best race two, number three, the fortune teller.
The fortune teller, the best of the day in race number two, the puntingbaron.com.au. We had Monster Weekend last weekend, so pockets full. So if people want to subscribe as we head toward the massive autumn carnival, how do we go about it? Uh, jump onto the website, puntingbaron.com.au. You can sign up for just $6 a week, or the great value option is obviously to go the whole year for $159. 95, that's just $3 a week. Obviously, we've got the big CF4 Stakes Day preview. That'll be up on the website tomorrow morning. Probably a couple of races from Sydney as well. We'll start to ramp up the betting in Sydney as their autumn carnival kicks into gear. Uh, and we'll have some bets out on the SMS for those listening early on the podcast. It's the uh, Royal Colac Cup Day today in Victoria for country racing Victoria. So I'm actually heading down to Colac as I hang up from this uh, podcast. So looking forward to getting down there. Uh, for those listening early, have something on Nick and John in the last. He's a very good chance. Uh, but yeah, that'll all, we'll send those bets out via SMS a little bit later. Uh, and obviously we're building into a massive autumn. It's uh, Black Caviar Lightning Day next week and then the Blue Diamond the week after that. So really good time to jump on board. The racing at this time of the year, warm weather, it's outstanding. Perfect time to sign up, have a bet. Go to punningbaron.com.au and check it all out. Yep, that's the website. Jump on board, become a baron today. Big weekend of racing is upon us, the first group one of what's going to be a, uh, a terrific period of racing. Hopefully we can find a few winners this weekend. Hopefully we make a profit, and that's what it's all about. Shane, enjoy Colac, enjoy the weekend, and hopefully we've helped the punters find a few winners. Excellent. Thanks for that, James. Have a good one, mate. Cheers. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. 